Hello, it's Lita here from Community Finance Ireland, and welcome to our podcast series. Changemakers are in every community, they're in every city, and they're down every rural road, right across the island of Ireland. This series meets with those amongst us who choose change. Their stories demonstrate what can be done when we work together. And here at Community Finance Ireland, we speak finance, but we hear people. And we really do hope you enjoy listening to them. Good morning, listeners. Um, we're here today in Sneem in County Kerry, and I'm sitting here in the Sneem Digital Hub with Aidan Murray. Aidan, thanks for inviting us down. You're the hub manager here in the Digital Hub in Sneem County Kerry. Tell us a little bit about the organisation. So Sneem Digital Hub was originally set up by a group of local people who wanted to try and attract jobs and therefore people into rural South Kerry, into the Sneem, Cahar Daniel, Castle Cove type of area. And there was an initial uh, company here called Starwood who brought some people in here and they were housed in the local hotel here in Sneem Hotel. But when they then, that worked very well for them, but when they wanted to grow, there wasn't sufficient capacity in the hotel. Yeah. And as a result of there not being anywhere else to deal with those people, the jobs actually went to Kenmare. And still a good thing that, that they were kept within South Kerry, but from a Sneem perspective, they were jobs that were lost. Okay. So the conundrum was there then for people. How can we get people here and know that if a business wants to expand, that we would be able to cater for them? So at that point then, the idea initially was approached by Neil Scott, who's the chairman of the hub, who has really been the driving force of this from start to finish. And he uh, is the actual architect that designed the, the space that we're actually sitting in today, yeah, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. So, so he obviously had a vision for it too. Was he a local man? Uh, yeah, Neil, Neil has a family history here. He okay. lives between here and Dublin, but he's got a family history here. And he would have been, as I said, the driving force. And he would be one of the most prominent architects, I guess, in Ireland recently retired. So his, his imprint is stamped all over the whole project from start to finish but even when you come into the building and in fact as you're walking into the main room here you'll see it's the Neil and Monica Scott room is the name of the yes. room that you just walked into yeah. um, but he's absolutely been the driving force so he and and some some fantastic volunteer local volunteer people who wanted to make this happen uh, approached the idea initially and they said there's two key things you really need one of which is you need to have high-speed broadband Yes. And the second thing then is you need to have a register of people with the skills that companies are looking for. Okay. So they were the two kind of key criteria. And then the, the next task, I guess, was to go and look for a premises as to, to ensure that the jobs that had been lost to the area previously, that such a thing wouldn't reoccur. Yeah. So this building was identified and Louis, the owner of the Sneem Hotel, very kindly offered up for the project the building uh, for... Effectively speaking, no, no, no rent, essentially. And um, then the work was done to, to get the building going. And, and how many people do we actually have facilitated here? Because earlier today it was really quite busy and then I saw a lot of people hot-desking and sitting side by side and they're all from various different um, services. How many at peak can we hold here? So at, at present we have desks to a capacity of 19 people. Okay. But we would have the capacity ultimately for between 40 and 45 people in the building. And it's flexible hours because one of the ladies that we were talking to earlier, um, Jane, she has moved down here with her husband. They've both relocated from Dublin and she pops in and out. She's got real flexibility. She was saying to us about her hours and her way she works. But... She loves the flexibility of coming in and out. Do you have an open door policy? Is it open seven till seven or how does it work? Okay, so essentially if somebody is, is a regular here, yeah. as, as Jane is, 
then they would basically have their own key, so they can yeah, come and go twenty four seven. Really, it's, it's up to themselves. Like their own office, just as they Absolutely, come in yeah, with yeah. the understanding that you've got all the video conferencing facilities, you've got this gigabytes of broadband, which is super fast, and they know that they can totally rely on it. They come in. I mean, obviously, they're getting their work done more efficiently. I would imagine. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, that that has been shown that uh, when people are, are happier in their environment, yeah. um, that you have the benefit of both working near where you live, yeah. so you get you get rid of all of the the stresses the that go with the commuting, yeah. etc. But also, when a lot of people are working from home, which is what many people do, which is yes. a great thing as well, but very often the social isolation can kick in at that point. Yeah. So what you we have here is the best of both worlds, where we marry that ability to have the conferencing facilities, etc., all the state-of-the-art yeah. facilities you'd expect in a, in a modern office, but also that you have that uh, w lifestyle uh, w and work-life harmony that people seek by being able to work in a, in a nicer area. And so you probably are, that's probably part of the social impact. You've created a community area that people can pop in and out to. Um, and obviously some of the other social impacts is job creation. I mean, you work here full-time yourself, don't you? I do. For, I have a three-year contract. Okay. To, to get it up and running and trying yeah. to get some companies in here. And then there's a couple of other people that work here with you. Are they on a voluntary basis or are they full-time so as well? So we have either? a voluntary board and yeah. we're also helping out on okay. a basis. Absolutely. So, so the, the social impacts are starting, but in the bigger picture, it's really about job recreation, get more people down living in this beautiful part of the world. And it really is very beautiful in this village. And I think what you were saying to me earlier is there's about 200 people permanently here all year. And you are like you want to sort of increase that again. Did you say to me earlier that you were looking to, for people to move so that you can build a GEA club? No, so there'd be between <laughs> between five and six hundred people yeah. here typically. And um, the idea is there is there is a GEA club here, but the GEA in across rural Ireland yeah. are struggling and, and teams yeah. are merging an awful lot, etc. Yes, yes, yes. But that's one of the elements of bringing people in here, apart yeah. from the school, the creche, the post office, ensuring that they that they remain viable. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose also the other thing about when you come down here is that we, the surprise is that it's so modern and fresh and contemporary sitting in this very old, restored, rural town. It's quite, a, it stands out really strongly, doesn't it? We have, yeah. I mean, there is that juxtaposition. And, and I think that is the surprise for people sometimes when they come yeah. into a lovely, quaint village and yeah. they come along and then they see the, the state-of-the-art yes. premises that is here, the light, airy, yeah. uh, colourful, working environment that yeah. is here. But it's also very warm and very enclosing when you come in. It doesn't feel very big and remote at all. It's just, it's got a beautiful balance of both, I think. Um, talk to me a little bit about then um, the financing and the funding for it. So, I mean, Obviously, finance and funding to build it in the first place, that takes people, um, takes time. How did you guys go about you know, getting that type of funding together? Where did you go for help? There has been, I suppose, an incredible smorgasbord of, of, of different contributors yeah. in enabling us to get to this, to this point. Um, so we would have had to get bridging finance initially, so we can talk yeah. in a moment about the grants that we would yeah. have got. But in order to get any grants, we have to pay for the works to be done first, yes, in I full. And then at that point, we get a percentage of it back. It so in order a to get... a cash flow issue, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So thankfully, there are organisations like Community Finance out there, and we went with Community Finance, who we found to be very collaborative, very helpful, very interested in our project and in the success yeah. of our project. And they provided the bridging finance for us, which enabled us then to get the work done and to pay for the work, and, and then we could go and apply for the, the grants, the funding from the grant the providers. That. So we would have had grants from Enterprise Ireland, from the Department of Community yeah. and Rural Development, 
um, and from uh, which was administered through Kerry County Council yeah. and also through uh, South Kerry Development Partnership. And we hear that a lot when we're going around the country talking to other community projects or social enterprise projects that there's a mix of funding options available to you and that each one comes at a different stage in the in the build of the project or even the evolution of the next stage of the project so it seems to be a, um, the way in which you get about these projects and um, the experience with Community Finance Ireland how was that for you and your team? We would have found dealing with Community Finance Ireland to be a very enjoyable experience which isn't the yeah. word you'd, you'd anticipate um, yeah. marrying with the idea of working with a financial institution uh, historically but no we would have found it to be great yes. as I mentioned earlier they'd be very collaborative very interested in the project um, yes. very flexible also when yeah. we did have a bit of a delay at one point in getting some of our grant uh, put into the bank account yes. we ex once we explained to Community Finance Ireland there was no problem in, in rearranging the payment that we yeah. would be making and there was just that flexibility and the sense of working together to make yeah, this you're work. you're in it you know? together Absolutely. and I suppose that's also part of the success of these type of projects is that everybody's in it together for the long term. Absolutely and yeah. there's a difference between being a peddler of finance I think and saying we're supporting you and trying to achieve your ultimate outcome. Yeah you know? of course and the benefit of that bridging finance at that critical tipping point I mean, did all of your team feel that? Has there been, did it feel like it was just a breath of fresh air? We have it in, we can pay people. I mean, I think what you were saying to me earlier was that we still need, you still at that point needed to pay some of the electricians who were bringing some of the wiring, some of the people who were painting, some of the furniture design, because I noticed that some of the furniture in here is bespoke by one of the local carpenters. Um, I, I suppose really, Everybody involved in the project would be completely aware that this simply couldn't have happened without the Bridging Finance and Community okay. Finance Ireland. Okay. Um, now, while there has been fantastic private donations from individuals yeah. and fundraising activities by the community that have been absolutely fundamental to making this happen, even with that in place, we wouldn't have had sufficient to, to convert the building, to make all of this happen, yeah, to create the, the get, right environment. Yeah. Because we didn't want to do something half-heartedly. It needed to be something that we yeah, could well, go to multinational corporations and yeah. say, you know, you will not in any way be losing out by basing some of your people down here. And I suppose that's the benefits to companies coming down here. As we spoke a little bit about that earlier this morning when you and the team were bringing our team around to see what the facilities were. I mean, the benefits to the companies really are this sort of... Um, brilliantly uh, reliable uh, broadband, uh, great office facilities and what other types of benefits are there if there are companies yeah. looking to really? Yeah, I, I think really they're, they're kind of the given expectations yes. but it, it goes beyond that I think the idea of so we had to make sure that we provided them to even be at the races but okay. in reality right now if you're a company in Dublin and, and you are hiring tech people it's very, very difficult to get them in the first place. Yes, of course. And I would have been dealing with a recruitment company in Dublin who recruit digital marketers. Mm -hmm. And they would have found at the end of 2016, they would have found that one in every seven people, having been recruited to a job within Dublin, mm -hmm. would have turned around having looked for accommodation and said, I'm not coming. Within nine months, that had become one in every three people. So one in three people don't come. One in three people who had gone through the whole recruitment process, yeah, had accepted the job and were going for it, had agreed on, on what they'd be paid, etc. So the accommodation crisis is, is really, as everybody is aware in our cities now, is, is at, yes, of at breaking point. Now, we can, first of all, enable people that you can say, you can have your people based down here, your recruits, they can be living somewhere like here. Uh, they won't have that issue with accommodation. In mm. fact, we had a couple here at one point who were paying 2,200 a month 
in a for an apartment in Dublin. Nice apartment in a nice place, two bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. And they were down here and that same week I had been in a six bedroom house here near Sneem, overlooking yeah. the sea with just screen in front of you and then you've got the ocean and it was 700 euro a month. Yeah. So I worked out that if they were to move from that two bedroom apartment to that six bedroom house, the savings in rent would be the equivalent of a 36,000 euro pay rise for them. Right, okay. So, you know, there, there are some surveys that have been done yeah. where people in the, in the commuter belt are saying they would take a pay cut in order to live closer to their work. Yeah. What we're saying is, listen, you can finish work at five o'clock and be building sandcastles on the beach with your children. You can be walking your dog on the beach yeah. in the hills, in the, in the um, national park, whatever you like, within no time. And you'll have the equivalent of 30 grand plus pay rise. So that's to do the so. benefits to the people who actually come, never yeah. mind to the companies. Yeah, so to the companies yeah. then what you have is it is shown that people are far more productive, that you have uh, greater retention of staff, that you have much less in terms of absenteeism yeah. uh, from people who are working remotely, etc., because they're living where they want to, they're mm. less stressed, etc., by not having to commute. On top of that, there is a big problem with loyalty in the city. So if you're a tech person with good skills and you're working for an yeah. Irish indigenous company, for example, if there's a shortage of your particular skill set, the likes of a Google or a Facebook will come along and offer an extra 10 grand. Yes, now, when you're really stressed and, and worrying will you be able to pay the rent at the end of the month, even though you're on a good wage, um, that 10 grand can make a difference and people can jump around an awful lot. Whereas when people tend to come to somewhere like Sneem, mm -hmm. really it is a lifestyle choice. So that sense of loyalty is different. It's yeah. not a case of I'll jump around to somebody else soon. It's a case of I'm they want to be here for yeah, a while. Yeah, we're making this mm -hmm. as a decision for the life we want to live so that we can have much less stress in our lives. We can have more money in our pockets. We can have, we can afford a nicer house, whether we want to rent it or buy it, etc. Yeah. And we're near so much of nature between the sea and the National Park, etc. Like and I sea. suppose Aidan, you yourself are a personal example of that because you've lived in quite a number of different places, haven't you? And yeah, you're I've probably now lived here in between 40 like, and 50 places. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for you personally being here with this new role in this particular place, I mean, the benefits to you on a day-to-day -day basis, your own work-life balance with your family, how is that for you? Uh, there is no comparison. I, I had left the corporate world about 10 or 11 years ago yeah. and that again was similarly lifestyle decision and that was through working remotely. Yes. Um, and then when that opportunity wasn't there, I went out on my own. And now to have the benefit of, uh, I think one of the things is for lifestyle, you can sometimes go into self-employment thinking that your lifestyle is going to be a lot easier and very often yeah. it isn't because you end up having to work more hours, etc. Yeah. Whereas here, the, the idea that you can come and work here, you have your monthly income, but you have that lifestyle benefit which used to yeah. be you know, you used to assume that to get a decent wage, you had to be in a city. Now you can get, you can have the yeah. exact same career, but you can live wherever you'd like to live. Yeah, as long as we've got really good broadband and we've got facilities like this. Absolutely, in rural yeah, and, and like a number of areas in rural Ireland now would have, as we have, the one gigabit broadband. Yeah. And over the coming years, that is going to be throughout the country, as we know, with the National Broadband Plan. Yeah, no, it's an excellent, it's excellent to come down and see the project. It's great to meet you and the team. Um, we've had a fantastic time here. I would say to everybody, working remotely and relocating is very, very appealing when you come down and you see what's happening here in Sneem and County Kerry. And I want to say thank you very much for inviting us and we wish you continued success with it. Thank you very much for coming down. From our team at Community Finance Ireland, thank you to those volunteers and leaders who spent time sharing their success and determination. We hope you found some useful insights while listening here. Their stories demonstrate that dreamers are always welcome in our communities. You may be a dreamer today, but you too could be the change maker of the future. Be sure to subscribe to this series and tune in to hear our next story coming soon. <laughs>